Welcome to episode two of Latinx Expression. I am your host, Guadalupe, and today I want to start off by apologizing to my listeners for making you wait this long for another episode. I am so, so sorry, but as you know, life can sometimes get in the way, and unfortunately for me, with other priorities, I put this project aside. But we are back, and I am so excited. I have so many amazing episodes and interviews with amazing people that I can't wait to share with you in the coming weeks. But for this episode, I want to talk a little bit about everything that's going on in the world right now due to coronavirus and how to stay sane during this difficult time for everyone. Secondly, I want to shine a light on all of our essential workers who, in the midst of all this craziness that we call a pandemic, are still clocking in day in and day out, regardless of how crazy and intense the situation has gotten. But I want to focus on essential workers that, to this day, remain one of the most marginalized workers in our country. I'm talking about our farm workers. These farm workers provide the food that we have at our table. So I want to highlight the importance of their work for our country and talk about someone that continues to be a strong advocate for this community. So let's get started. All right, let's talk about the coronavirus. This is the one thing that is currently affecting everyone in our world. Who knew that something like this could really have such a major impact in all of our lives? I've been talking to my family and friends, and it seems that regardless of where you are in the country, we're all experiencing similar things. Whether it's going to the grocery store, you're finding empty shelves, people are just not able to find the basic essentials that they're, need, that they're needing for their families, like diapers and water and toilet paper. So due to all of this, I've been thinking a lot lately and I began to just really wonder why everyone is acting so irrationally. And it really just comes down to this fear, this fear of the unknown. So we obviously haven't received any really clear information on the severeness of all of this which in a way can be understandable because this is a fluid situation that's constantly changing, which is making us paranoid of what we don't know. So not knowing exactly what the future holds for us in terms of anything, but specifically this pandemic can be frightening. But during this time, it is okay for us to be fearful. This feeling of fear is actually one of the ways that keeps us safe and alive because it triggers our fight or flight responses. So it makes us alert of any dangerous situations and it helps us to better prepare for those situations. So people that are hoarding all of this food and all other essential items due to the pandemic are just responding to this fear and are preparing for the absolute worst. But during this difficult time, we have to learn how to take care of each other, to share with one another and leave enough essentials for everyone because it is okay to feel that fear and ultimately feel like you, you know, you need to be prepared and alert because of the situation, but this shouldn't be at the expense of others. 
we need to take care of others, you know, that may possibly be more vulnerable, vulnerable than us, like our elderly, our young ones, and be able to share whatever it is that we can. So let's use that fear to fuel our energy to help one another and work together and contribute with each other as much as we can. Because at the end of the day, we are going to come out on the other side of this a lot stronger and more united than ever. Another aspect of this pandemic that many people are really struggling with is social distancing and being home all day with absolutely nowhere to go because everything is obviously closed. Um, As someone who works from home even before all of this, um, I know how hard social isolation can be. Before the pandemic, for me, working from home wasn't so bad. It was actually pretty great, uh, but I will admit that it has its disadvantages. When you work from home, you have like absolutely no distractions that you would normally have like when you go into an office. Um, You can get so much work done and fully be able to concentrate on your work. Um, But at the same time, it can be a bit lonely and isolating. So you kind of have to go out of your way to be social, right? You have to find ways to get out of the house for a little while. Um, Like for me specifically, I love working from home because I really do find that I find myself being most productive at home, but also it made me put even that greater effort into getting outside. So even like small things like going out for coffee or maybe a quick workout at the gym or doing some minor like retail therapy at the mall, those were the little things that kept me sane while spending most of my days at home. But now with COVID-19, those small perks obviously have been taken away from me and everybody else, right? So there's no more getting that coffee at Starbucks, um, no more working out like outside of your house, no shopping or indulging in your favorite restaurants or anything like that. So this is such a drastic change, especially for those who are just now transitioning to work from home. But we can use this time to reflect on our current lives and continue to add value to them, even if it's just things that we do at home. So the first thing I'm currently doing to keep myself sane during the shelter at home order is reading. So if you know me, you know that I love to read. Um, I used to finish maybe a book a month, though, because of everything else going on in my life. Um, But now with additional time and being at home more, I'm able to finish a book almost every week. So I just finished The Blood of Emmett Till and And this week, I will be starting The House of Broken Angels by Luis Alberto Urea. So I'm super excited about this book. So if you haven't picked up a book in a while, now's your chance. Also, like if you speak and read Spanish, I highly recommend that you read a book in Spanish. Maybe you've never read a book in Spanish, um, but you know how to read in Spanish take advantage of that and I can tell you firsthand as someone whose uh, first language is Spanish 
Obviously, I don't really get to practice it as much anymore, but reading in Spanish has been so enlightening. The last uh, Spanish book that I read was Cajas de Cartón by Francisco Jimenez. So give it a shot, you know, make use of that bilingual knowledge that you were given and pick up a book in Spanish. Also, I think this is the perfect opportunity for people to really learn something new. So if you've always wanted to learn maybe another language, you've always wanted to learn how to code or maybe how to cook a special meal, this is your time to do that. I would love it if we stop wasting our time at home, just like sitting all day on the couch, watching Netflix. I mean, it's important to do that too, which gives us an opportunity to unwind. But at the same time, it's important to add some productivity to our time. You know, it gives us an opportunity to enhance our knowledge and fine tune our skills. So use your time wisely. And that's really going to help you add a little bit more value to your life during this difficult time that we're going through. And also, one thing that's extremely important is to take care of ourselves. Self-care is really, really important. Um, and sometimes, you know, when we're busy, we kind of tend to put self-care in the back burner because we don't think it's that important. And I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, I know for Christmas, I was given this box of face masks that are supposed to you know, rejuvenize and moisturize and like smooth my skin and things like that. But obviously, like I never opened the box because I was always too busy for self-care, right? Um, but this last month with everything that's going on with shelter at home, um, I was able to open that box. And it, honestly, it's just been so nice to be able to sit down and relax with my cup of coffee, a book, my face mask, and just have some time for myself. So definitely take some time to do some self-care, whether it's that face mask, maybe you need like five more minutes in the shower, maybe you need a foot bath or regular bath, or just something that really is gonna be there to relax you. And lastly, I have been loving just seeing all posts on social media about people having virtual happy hours with their family and friends. So my last tip is to stay connected with your loved ones. This kind of seems like a no-brainer, but you know, whether it's just a text or a call, maybe a video chat, um, take advantage of those tools and chat with someone that you really care about and stay connected with them that way because honestly, I have found it to be extremely re-energizing um, if I just connect with someone that I maybe haven't spoken to, you know, in a couple months. It's really, really nice to just be able to reconnect um, with people that you love and care about. So just because you can't be with, you know, certain people that you care about physically and be physically connected to them doesn't mean that you have to fully disengage from everyone. Just reach out to those that you love and and it'll definitely re-energize you and make you feel a lot better. So 
this part two of the episode, I really want to focus on highlighting essential workers. Obviously, we cannot go through this pandemic without our essential workers. So I want to take this time and recognize and give a huge shout out to all of our essential workers. Um, There's really a large list of essential workers, but I just want to start out with a few. So I want to give a huge shout out to all the police officers, all the firefighters, paramedics, and everyone that's working to keep us safe. A shout out to all grocery workers, pharmacy workers, delivery drivers, maintenance workers, postal workers, news reporters, um, and a huge shout out to all of those that um, are helping us also to tackle this pandemic head on. So that would be like all of our medical and healthcare workers, everyone working in hospitals, like our doctors and nurses or caregivers, any researchers and pharmacists, like we really could not do any of this without you. So thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for all that you do for our country, our nation, our communities. You do so much work. So thank you, thank you so much. Lately, when I've been sitting at home and working from the comfort of my home office and my desk, you know, every now and then I get up to get a snack from my fridge. And when I do that, I really can't help but think of all the essential workers that are making it possible for me to have food in my fridge, at my table during this pandemic. And I'm talking about our food and agricultural workers, our farm workers. So I wanna give out a huge shout out and thank you to all of those that work in the fields and make it possible for each of us to have food at our homes. Today, farm workers remain one of the most marginalized workers in our country. For decades, farm workers have been drastically overworked and underpaid. Many of our farm workers are immigrants, which makes it easy for our government to put them at the bottom of the totem pole and not give them the recognition that they deserve. But I know firsthand how tirelessly they work. When I was a little girl, probably around six years old, my parents worked in the fields. I vividly remember them setting up their alarm to wake up at around three in the morning to begin packing their lunch and getting ready for work. Getting ready to work in the fields takes a bit of preparation. I remember them having to wake up that time to pack their lunch and and their huge like jugs of water to make sure that they would be able to have enough water to stay hydrated throughout the day. They would carefully select like their long sleeve plaited shirts, a baseball cap, and a bandana for their face to shield them from that strong, almost unbearable California heat that they would have to endure while they were working in the fields. I would be off to the babysitter by around 4.15 a.m. and they would start their day at work in the fields around 4.30 in the morning. So the next time that you're eating your bowl of grapes or having your strawberry shake or enjoying a handful of almonds, remember whose hands carefully helped pick those out for you.
The struggle for farm worker rights continues to this day, especially now they need even more support with everything that's going on with the pandemic. Whenever I talk about the farm worker movement, I can't help but think of Dolores Huerta. Dolores is one of my personal heroes. Many of you may or may not have heard of this amazing Latinx social and civil rights activist, but today I want to share a little bit of her story and give her that recognition that she deserves as a leader in our community and an advocate for farm workers. There's a saying in the Latinx community that is extremely popular. Many people say it at rallies, at protests, or they say it just to give someone a boost of motivation. Yes, I'm talking about si se puede, which translates to yes, we can. Growing up in California, everyone knew of Cesar Chavez, the civil rights activist who fought for farm workers' rights. He was known as a pillar in my community for doing so much work for farm workers. Ever since I was a little girl, everyone associated the Si Se Puede saying with Cesar Chavez because this saying began during the farm worker movement. But little did everyone know that Dolores Huerta was actually the person behind the slogan. So who exactly is Dolores? Dolores to me is an icon. She's a civil rights activist. She's probably the most vocal activist that many people have never heard of. She's a civil rights hero who has worked alongside of Cesar Chavez to fight for farm workers' rights. Dolores and Cesar co-founded the United Farm Workers Association to organize farm workers. No one believed organizing farm workers was possible because for the most part, they were immigrants and mainly spoke Spanish. But Dolores and Cesar wanted to give them a voice and wanted to make sure that they had the rights that they deserved. So Dolores had a strong belief that you could really change the world through the movement and through community organizing, and there desperately needed to be a major change in the fields. The working conditions in the fields were very bad. There were no toilets for workers, no clean water, and on top of all these brutal working conditions, the workers received very, very low wages. Growing up as a person of color, you see many injustices in the way that people are treated. And Dolores saw many injustices growing up as a Latina in the U.S., but she was a firm believer in the power of organizing to affect change. So in 1967, Dolores suggested to Caesar that they should have a nationwide food boycott to pressure the growers for higher wages. This would boycott all California table grapes. Within months, they won the boycott. In 1970, the grape industry signed a historic agreement that increased wages and improved working conditions for farm workers. And this is because 17 million people stopped buying grapes. This is what the power of organizing can do. 
Many people are unaware of the major role that Dolores played in the United Farm Workers Association and overall in the farm worker movement. But Dolores is a fearless leader, and at 89 years old, she continues to organize and continues to inspire future leaders to make change. So now you know, Si Se Puede originated from a fearless Latina leader. President Obama awarded Dolores the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2012 and acknowledged Dolores for coining the famous slogan that inspired him during his own political campaign. Through the Dolores Huerta Foundation, she continues to fight for social justice through community organizing. There has been a lot of upward movement in the farm worker community because of the work that Dolores and Cesar Chavez did. But the struggle continues, and during this pandemic, it is of absolute urgency that we protect our farm workers. They deserve livable wages, healthcare benefits, and an opportunity to also enjoy time with their family and loved ones, just like the rest of us. So if you'd like to help, but you don't necessarily know how, you can find ways to help or become involved by checking out the Dolores Huerta Foundation or the United Farm Workers Association's website. And you can see the many ways that you may be able to contribute to our amazing farm workers. During this pandemic, take time daily to be grateful. Grateful for all that we have, grateful to be at home safe, and show gratitude to everyone that's at the forefront battling the coronavirus head on. So once again, thank you so much to all our essential workers, keeping us moving forward during this very difficult time. Remember to not let fear get in the way but use it as a fuel to help one another. And like Dolores would say, si se puede. Thank you all for listening. That's it for today's episode. Please like, follow, and subscribe to Latinx Expression on Facebook and Instagram. To listen to any future podcast episodes, search for Latinx Expression on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other major podcast platforms. Also, check out our website at latinxexpression.com and let us know what you think of the show. Muchas gracias y hasta luego.